Welcome to this Button Spice podcast where we're living vicariously through the female main characters in reverse harems, dark romances, paranormal romances, and bully romances. We're your hosts, Sam and Sarah. In today's episode, we will be discussing some of our favorite contemporary age gap romances. There's quite a few trigger warnings with this one, uh, including kidnapping, violence, daddy kink, underage relationships, possible grooming, death of a parent, suicide, and discussion of eating disorders. Be warned, this episode may contain spoilers and explicit content that is inappropriate for those under 18. This show is not for children. Okay, so a few things to note at the start of the episode. The first is that we wanted to kind of narrow down to contemporary age gap romances because everyone knows that all those fantasy books have like a 300-year-old fae getting with like an 18-year-old human, which is an insane age gap, but not what we're focused on for this episode. I also wanted to go over some of my just kind of overall thoughts on age gap as a subgenre, and Sarah can join in with some of her thoughts as well. But in real life, I have some pretty strong feelings on age gap relationships, My whole thing is the number of years is not what matters. It's about the phase of life that you're in. So, for example, like a 20 year age gap between like a 35 and a 55 year old is not a big deal. But like a 20 year age gap between an 18 year old and a 38 year old is. So looking at. Are you in similar stages of life? Also looking at like the person's age themselves and if they're able to consent and if like their brain is fully developed because your brain isn't actually fully developed until you're 25. So it's difficult for me to wrap my brain around age gap relationships where it's large age gaps and the younger person is like in their late teens or very early 20s because that to me can really come across as predatory especially if the older party is in a position of power over the younger party like a boss or um, obviously like teachers or someone who's in a position of power in your life can really set up for like grooming and um, really predatory and problematic relationships so in order for me to enjoy age gap romances especially ones with the age gaps that I was just describing really requires me to kind of set my morals to the side and with that in mind like you might have to do the same thing reading some of these depending on where your moral compass guides you because sometimes it's really difficult for me to feel okay with some of the relationships that we're going to discuss. Honestly, for me, it's really only been like a couple that I've really had an issue with. But also, you know, I was 20 dating guys in their 30s. Um, so obviously something's up with me. Uh, <laughs> so... You know, and I can say that, like, when I was, you know, 20 and dating a guy who was 30, uh, it was, like, back-to-back, and both of their names were Justin, odd (laughs) enough, so it's Justin 1 and Justin 2. I will say that there is definitely, like, you feel like you owe somebody something more because they are more established in their life. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't own a house. I wasn't making the money that he was making, so it Mm -hmm. felt like... um, 
you owe them more. Like, you should be grateful for what you get, and you look past things that you shouldn't look past. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, like, Justin, too, it didn't really feel like that, probably because he was very emotionally immature. Um, So, like you said, it kind of depends on where you are in your life and how mature everybody is in the situation. Um, But I'm telling you, if I was single, I would be out there finding me a daddy in his 50s. Well, you're also in your 30s now, so that's a lot more understandable. Yeah, I'm just letting everybody know. Or, or, or a mommy. I'm not that picky. <laughs> I just, I wouldn't even say that there's something wrong with you. I, w- I always look at it as what's going on with the older party in that situation that they want to be with someone. Like, think about you right now. Would you ever want to date a 20-year-old as someone in your 30s? No, but that's also a huge difference between, like, men and women, too. You know what I mean? Like, I really don't think it is. I think that that's something that society has put forward in order to make these types of relationships feel better for older men. Because think about how often we're told that girls mature faster and that's just the way things are. I think, one, it gives men an excuse to be immature for longer. And two, it forces women to grow up faster. I don't think there's any of those differences between men and women when we actually look at Plus, you know, gender is a social construct and all that. But when we look at people who identify as women and people who identify as men, I don't think there's any, like, real difference in maturity level along, like, gender identifiers. I think it's more about what boxes society has forced you into. And I also think that this also goes to, like, all the way back to those days when, like, 14-year-olds were getting married to people and being forced to give birth by, to three kids by the time they're 18. Like, women have always been forced to grow up faster. And I think that that really permeates a lot of how we view relationships even now. I agree. And I think you also have to think about how we're slowly, steadily changing the gap of things. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, an older, established man has its appeal, you know, when you're getting your life together. And I feel like we see that a lot in these books. Um, and, like, I'm not going to knock it. Like, I'm easily bought. <laughs> I also think, and I want to clarify this, like, if you're a younger person who wants to date an older person because of the fact that, like, you want to get your bag and be a sugar baby or take advantage of the fact that some men are stupid and weird and want to date, like, 18-year-olds. Do you, girl? Get your purse. But I, I just get very wary of the older people in those relationships. Like, I'm kind of side-eyeing them, like, what's going on with you? Why, why do you think... That's acceptable. Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, pretty common, like, the older man is always going to be be more, they usually have money, they usually have some sort of influence, Um, you know, you're not seeing, like, these major age gaps where the man doesn't have money or isn't super attractive. Mm-hmm. That's the real key with fantasy, so let's, let's get our minds in the fictional mindset all of these men they're not predatory they're they're all really hot uh they all have money for the most part and they're they're just out here living their best lives in these age gap relationships we got to set 
our morals and real world values to the side and we get to enjoy some of these fiction books. Let's go. So, Sarah, explain your thinking with how we ordered the books in this episode. So we ordered them based on how the age gap was problematic. Just the (laughs) age gap aspect, okay? Not the rest of the book because there are (laughs) books that are higher in this list that have more shit going on on them. And the age gap isn't the main focus, but we prioritize prioritize these based on how uncomfortable the age gap might make you feel so we really start off like lower like very um age gaps that aren't gonna make you feel kind of weird or question your own morals and then we kind of graduate you slowly to the more intense territory where you might be second-guessing some of your life choices that led you to this moment. So let's start off in the shallow end of the pool with Culty by Mariana Zapata. This is actually a book that we discussed in our sports romance episode, but it was worth bringing back here just because it is a sweet age gap uh, romance focused around a soccer coach and a soccer player and I like every other Mariana Zapata book really love this couple and the grumpy sunshine nature of their relationship honestly the Mariana Zapata formula is age gap grumpy sunshine romance (laughs) yeah like all roads um underlock they're all they're all age gap uh but they're never uncomfy age gaps either Mm -hmm. um and a lot of times i will give her this except for um the sports ones uh the guys aren't rich underlock all roads they're pretty common guys and i think that's what makes uh the age gap feel fine is that there's not really this overabundance of authority Whereas this one, you do sort of have the authority figure of Colty being her coach, and that becomes part of the overall problem, right? She really wants him to fix his image, help him out, um, and they create this friendship. And, of course, she's just, like, a huge dodo (laughs) who doesn't realize that he's in love with her. Um, But as soon as the romance hits, you know, they are all in. Um, And the age gap really wasn't the prominent part of this story no this is my a very innocent age gap the most awkward part like age gap wise was the fact that she had a poster of him in her childhood bedroom growing up and like she just idolized him but I feel like Mariana Zapata does a good job of kind of like nipping that in the bud right away because he's such an asshole at first that she like instantly like puts aside her obsession with him and is just like fuck that guy Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I feel like That's, like, a great way of dealing with it, of, like, instantly turning her off of him by him just being a dick. And really, the only other time that his age is brought up is when she's, like, teasing him about being old and his body falling apart and injuring himself all the time. And really, just the part of this book that still gets me is the fact that his pet name for her is Snail. And I just... (laughs) Snail in German. (laughs) I love it so much. Uh... And I will say, like, the great part of this book, too, is um, him helping her pursue her dreams. Um, It's not the other way around. It is 
hey, I have lived a longer life. I have experienced what I wanted, and now I'm going to help you reach the same success that you want. Yeah, it was a really great, like, turnabout on that classic trope where it's usually the female main character helping someone else reach their goals. Um, I really liked that, and I enjoyed how he was able to use his influence and fame to help her in the long run get to where she wanted to be. Mm-hmm. It's very cute. It's not my favorite Mariana Zapata, but it is it is good. All right, moving right along to Ignite by Melanie Harlow. So Ignite by Melanie Harlow is a single dad age gap. He is 33 and she is 22. Uh, he is a firefighter who is moving in next door to her. She is... Um, just kind of like that lovable person who everyone gets along with very much kind of like another grumpy sunshine. He has two daughters who are adorable um, and they end up kind of with like an awkward meeting situation where her smoke alarm is going off after she was in the shower and she's up on a stool in a towel trying to like get it to shut off and he like barges in because he's a firefighter and he's concerned and her towel slips and he gets to see her like fully naked as like one of the first times that they meet and she crawls to the bathroom naked <laughs> So I that like scene just sticks with me because it's such a funny scene and she's so mortified and the daughters are hilarious in it, too. So it's just a very enjoyable romantic comedy. Yeah. And for me, a little age gap. Yeah. For me, kids can really make or break a book. Um, You know, if the kids are so annoying, I'm like, listen, I got enough of this shit I got to deal with. I don't want to read about annoying kids. But these ones picked on their dad so much that it made it, like, really enjoyable. Like, they were just straight up always talking shit about their dad. And they really enforced that swear jar. They they really knew how to get what they wanted from him, which was hilarious. Um, and, oh, go ahead, Sarah. And, and I thought it was really great that she was so uh, into the kids early on. Because uh, if that wasn't there, like, if she wasn't comfortable with kids, this w- romance would have rubbed me the wrong way. Um, but she loved his kids and honestly, like half of the time she liked the kids, but didn't like him because he was being a jerk. Yeah. Um, I feel like the tension and the smut in this book was done super well. Like there was a lot of building tension between them and then they finally, like, it really took a while to build to them actually having sex and just in general, the smut was done super well in a way that like you were along for the ride with them the whole way (laughs) i was gonna say the only thing i didn't like is how old she made him seem for being 33 (laughs) like 33 is not old and he talked like he was like on fucking death's door i'm like 33 is two (laughs) years older than me man like i cannot have you talking like this (laughs) it was making sarah feel some type of way about it um The relationship issues ultimately really boiled down to just miscommunication, which was a little irritating. And also just the male main character just being kind of a giant dummy about things. So, like, obviously it resolved and we have our happily ever after. But there were times when I'm just like, you're being an idiot right now. Next up, we have Built to Fall by Julia Wolfe, which is a rock star age gap romance with a plus size female main character. Uh, She just got out in a 
of an abusive relationship. He wants to stop having his uh, ex be his PR manager because his ex-wife is supposed to be his PR person. So she decides that she's going to have um, one of her employees take over that she thinks that he will not be sexually attracted to because she's plus size. And she's fucking wrong. And I hate her boss. Her boss is a fucking cunt for real. Seriously, she was evil. A horrible person. And you're just like, how did he ever marry her in the first place? She's such a bitch. She's constantly saying, like, super catty shit. And just in general, talking down to the female main character, making her feel awful. It was awful. Um... But this was just another cute age gap where the age gap doesn't seem huge. Um, but it's just them kind of figuring out themselves and figuring out a relationship with each other along the way of him having to deal with like being on tour and all the regular like rock star antics and her also dealing with the fact that she doesn't really want to be in like the public eye and that sort of stuff because she feel some type of way about um, how she would be perceived. So there's a lot of like built-in conflict with just who they are as people, which I appreciated because it was more than just someone having to get over like some mindset. And I also like that multiple people were attracted to her. This wasn't like, oh, out of the moon, someone thinks I'm beautiful, even though I'm plus size. You know what I mean? Like, she mm-hmm. had a husband for a long time who loved her body. He loves her body. And there is another guy that's flirting with her constantly. Um, so I like that it wasn't just like, oh, somebody finally finds me attractive. It's, no, girl, you're attractive. And she wasn't necessarily lacking in confidence either. I wouldn't say that. I think it was more so of how famous he was and older that she just couldn't see how he would be interested and compared herself to his ex-wife. Yeah, I think that's fair. Plus, her boss wasn't helping boost her confidence at all at any point in time. No, but he was so into her. He was like, I'm about to go down on you and you're going to like it. I I liked the female main character in this one a lot. Um, I felt like she was really well done and that the story in general was enjoyable. And, uh... Julia does have um, some spinoffs from this, uh, from the Seasons Change, the band that is on tour with them. Um, I have read the two first ones on there. The first one is a bodyguard romance, and that one is freaking good. His name is Ronan, and he's Irish, Mm. and he's bossy, and that (laughs) one was really good. All right. Next up, we have the only book on this list that I was not able to get around to reading. Those Three Words by Alexis Winters. Sarah, tell us about this book. Yeah, so this one was a TikTok recommendation, and I saw the word daddy, so you know I ran. (laughs) Um, It is a single dad nanny age gap. Um, He is just so jaded from his ex-wife. Um... He's not a terrible father, but he's also not a great one either. It's very much one of those he sees his daughter um, in, I mean, he sees his ex-wife in his daughter, and that's very hard for him. Um, the plot is pretty predictable, but honestly, I really enjoyed myself. Um, the nanny trope is one of my favorites because you have, like, this proximity um, 
And I just love it when the nanny is like, yo, you need to be a better parent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and when they help bridge that gap uh, between, you know, the child and the parent. Um, there is some necessar- unnecessary other woman drama with his house manager, which... Fuck that hoe. Uh, But otherwise, I really enjoyed it. And in the end, it wasn't like, oh, you need to stay a nanny. He really uh, wanted her to pursue her passion um, when she got another job. And they broke up. But, you know, they always get back together. But, yeah, there is some little drops of daddy. Very low on the daddy kink, but still ever so enjoyable. Um, but they just have a lot of really great moments, you know, like where they're in the pantry and he grabs her throat and it's like, oh. oh, the things I could do to you. And he's like, oh, but she's too young and goes away. But then he's like, Matt, I don't really care about that <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, and he's uh. like, he's like very jealous and possessive and... There's just this kind of whole ordeal with who her biological dad is. There's a there's a lot of side plots going in there, but I found it overall very enjoyable. All right, next up we have The Doctor by Nikki Sloan. This book is literally just smut. It's just straight up smut. It is an ex-boyfriend's dad age gap. Uh, ex-boyfriend's dad is a hot older doctor so of course they do play doctor in the bedroom and at the hospital at one point (laughs) Um, our doctor was a shitty dad when he was younger and honestly he's not a really great dad now if we're being honest there were a lot of times when the female main character was getting on my nerves with how she was handling the whole situation but I mean she is like recently graduated from high school. I think she did like one year in college. So that would make her like 18 or 19. And she didn't want to tell her ex about this new relationship. And then, of course, the ex walks in on them fucking and he like throws a tantrum about it. And then it comes to light that he had cheated on her at one point in time and she just gets like pissed off at everyone. And our doctor dad says that he has to like choose his son and in my mind i'm like of course you have to choose your son that's what you do as a parent you choose your kid over everything else so it's like how did you think this was gonna end this is the one where her appendix ruptures right yeah her appendix ruptured and then he has to do the surgery and she's like I don't want you to do the surgery. I don't want this to be the last way that you'll touch me. And I'm like, that's dramatic. But also, no, someone needs to do the surgery quickly because otherwise you're going to die. So this is a series of three books so far. It's an, it's the Nashville neighborhood series. Um, All of them are age gaps. The second one is the pool boy, where you have an older woman and her pool boy. Um, That one is probably my least favorite in the series, um, just because I thought she would be a little bit more mature in the situation and she makes some dumb mistakes. Um, The third book is my absolute favorite um, that I'm going to be loaning to Sam whenever she's ready. Um, That's The Architect, and that's MFM, Sex Club, Domination by Proxy. Interesting. Yes, uh, it, there are, are a lot of kinks explored uh, in the third book, and 
the female main character in that is her best friend in this one, the vet tech. I will say, I think the smut in this was really hot. I think there was, like, several scenes where they, like, the need to keep it secret always makes it, like, hotter Mm -hmm. in the books. So, in general, I feel like the smut was really well done. It's just, like... You get, like, two pages of plot between every sex scene, so. <laughs> but at least it was an appropriate la- length, unlike Daddy's Angel. <laughs> That's true. This book is, like, what did I say, like, 170 pages? So it's, like, yeah. they edited for brevity. It's, like, smut scene after smut scene with a little bit of plot sprinkled in. Can we talk about a doctor being into anal and, like... He was super into it. So into it. And, and, like, you just knew everything was clean, right? Like, he did everything right. I mean, there was lube, hand the butt plug. Washing of hands. Yeah. There was, I will say, there was a few times when I was, like, questioning if protection was being used. Like, it wasn't mentioned as often as I thought it was going to be. And so it had me questioning of, like, oh, God, is this about to be, like, a pregnancy thing? Um, but then, like, she mentions offhand towards the end of, like, oh, I'm on birth control. And mm. it's like, okay, but did you ever discuss whether or not you're both clean? Like, hello? Yeah. yeah. Condoms aren't just for pregnancy people. <laughs> so, our next book is Master right. of Salt and now- Bone by Carrie Lake. Now we're really starting to get into some weird shit, all right? Every book from here on out is either twisted or... Or it's going to have you feeling a little, a little, you know, itchy <laughs> on the back of your neck that you have to work past. This book, and I, I mentioned this in my notes, it comes across as more of a psychological thriller than a romance. The romance is really secondary here to all of the absolutely batshit, crazy stuff that is happening in the main plot of the story. Mm-hmm. So we have... Uh, Lucian, our main character, who has, like, this really dark reputation throughout this, like, seaside community where everyone is, like, whispering about him and his family. And he has, like, the manor up on the hill overlooking a cliff. Like, it's very, like, dark, gothic imagery as you're reading. And the main rumor around this small fishing town is that he killed his wife and his son. And... We have our main character, Isadora, who needs a job, and she takes a caretaker position to watch over Lucian's dying mother um, because she needs someone to help her with daily tasks and, like, make sure that she's okay. And she has a collection of creepy fucking dolls. Oh, God. The dolls. Did you forget about that? I didn't because I have a very vivid memory of... Like, Isadora trying to steal one because she needed money to sell it. It was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. Everything in this book is a whole thing. But anyway, Isadora is, like, 18. Uh, Lucian is either in his, like, 30s or 40s, somewhere around there. Both Sarah and I read this book a while ago, so don't yell at us if we get something wrong. Um, You get a lot of backstory. You get a lot of, like, flashbacks. Um, A lot from Lucian's point of view. And there's a lot of stuff going on in this house that's fucked up. Um, Including Lucian getting into a 
sexual relationship with his nanny and her like teaching him about BDSM and um, like she like ties him up and uses like knives on him at one point. The and one scene in the cave where he's tied up and the tide keeps coming in and in and in uh, to the point where he's drowning. Uh, that's kind of where his like breath play uh, thing comes from. And that does not leave him. He, this man has got to think for breath play. So if you like hand necklaces, this one's for you. Yeah, there's like a shit ton of kink exploration throughout but, this. But like not enough. You know what I mean? Like you I, you spend so much time in the memories and you're even wondering if this nanny's fucking real or not half of the time. Like this, this is true. You don't know if he's been hallucinating like his mom says or if she was really there and doing these things for him. And it goes into this whole detail of, like, how his dad's businesses are all of these, like, corrupt things where, like, they're doing, like, medical experiments and shit on people and, like, sex traffic. It was, it, there's so much going on that is not the romance. And that's what. so much happening. I would have liked so much more of. I like the way that it ends with them and how protective he becomes of her. Um, And honestly, like, he has a valid reason not to fall in love with her, and that's why he holds back. Uh, Because, like, he's had a lot of shit happen in his life. Yeah, there's, like, a whole secret society thing and, like, genetic research into, like, sociopathic behavior or psychopathy. Mm, That's what it was, yeah. And... Um, on top of that, he has, like, this best friend from his childhood who he finds out was a hallucination this whole time. There's so much happening, y'all. So, at the end of the day, this is an age gap romance, which really is more of a psychological thriller. If you haven't read it, I would recommend reading it. It's a very interesting plot. It has me wondering what's going on in Carrie Lake's mind that these are the types of books that she's able to come up with. Because, my God, what a convoluted plot. Yeah, there there's a lot going on. Um, but I enjoyed it. It was one of like the first darker gothic romances I read. Um, so I think I would have enjoyed it if I re- read it now a little bit more than I did then. But there's a lot going on there. Speaking of a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I told Sam going into this book, I was like, this is probably going to be one of the most dramatic things you're going to read. So just get ready for the ride. I I still was not prepared. I There were so many times in this book where I just like paused reading and stared up at my ceiling and was like, what the fuck? <laughs> this book was fucking wild. So our female main character hooks up with an we older We didn't man. give the title. Oh, God damn it. This is He Saw Me First by M. Johnson. Our female main character hooks up with an older man in Paris and never hears from him again. So she goes back to Australia and ends up moving in with this guy who is like the classic nice guy of like wants to be your friend but is constantly pushing for more even if you try to set boundaries. So he like basically bullies her into dating him. And she is just not into it, but she's going along with it because she doesn't want to hurt his feelings. And he's like, I need you to come meet my dad 
because I haven't seen him in years and like we're estranged and I want you to be like a buffer. So she goes to meet this guy's dad at a restaurant and wouldn't you know it, it's the guy that she hooked up with in Paris. Now, if our story, if that was like the main conflict of our story, I think that would be fine. I think that there's plenty of conflict right there for us to work off of. You're you're unwillingly dating this guy. You already fucked his dad. You're interested in fucking his dad again. But no, this story takes a goddamn turn. Sarah, tell us about the turn that the story takes. Okay, so to start off, when they hooked up in Paris, she's looking out the window. He's looking out the window. She's like, all right, I'm going to, like, just strip for this man. She strips for him, and then he fucking, like, just comes into her room, and then they fuck. And then that's it. They don't do anything else. He doesn't talk to her ever again. They fuck. And then you go and find out that he was going to kill himself that night. That's what his plan was. He was going to put a gun to his head and kill himself. And uh, instead, he's like, yo, I'm going to go fuck her. And then she obviously made his life livable again so he doesn't kill himself and apparently his son saw this whole thing happened and he was like oh so she's good enough to make you want to change and not kill yourself well I'm gonna ruin your life so that's the whole reason why this guy took her from him and wanted to be in a relationship with her to rub it in his dad's face So, when, of course, she does not reciprocate his feelings, he's like, you know what, bitch? I'm going to kidnap you because you two have ruined my life. And then (laughs) the dad is like, well, you know what? She matters more than you. I don't care that you're my son. I'm going to fucking kill you and make it look like a suicide. So He he fucking (laughs) murdered him. Murders his own son. Who obviously has a lot of issues that he caused. Like, you caused all of this to happen. And so, the son is dead. And he's like, you know what? I can't live with this. It's about time that I now kill myself. And she's like, no, don't kill yourself. I'm pregnant. (laughs) And he's like, fine. I won't kill myself. And then they have the baby and it's like his son before never existed. And he gets to start all over with a new baby and he's going to be a a better father. It's a redo baby. Yeah. Because he killed his first one. Oh, and by the way, on top of all this insanity, he also owns and runs a whole bunch of sex clubs throughout Europe. Yeah. So that was a whole thing too. (laughs) Oh yeah. 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 Cause I remember there was like the girl uh, one of the showgirls was really into her and he was all pissed off about it, right? He brought, they have what he referred to as props, which are literal human beings, which you can just rent and use as literal props in whatever scene you're creating. So he brought another woman in to like start eating her out. And then when like, she started to reciprocate with the other woman. He's like, no, and like drags her off of her. First of all, let's talk about the fact that you're referring to human beings as literal objects. (laughs) Like that's problem number one. And then like, you're going to get jealous in a sex club when you introduce this woman to this sexual scene that you're creating. 
I just realized I was getting this confused by the Germani cherry pit. Because <laughs> he has a sex club, too, and he gets jealous because there's a girl that's into Hermione. Oh, gosh. Sex clubs are getting out. But, yeah, this book, is, like, honestly, like, if you're looking for, like, the most dramatic, like, my, my jaw was, like, on the floor a couple of times. Like, I'll give her that. She had me. I did not see half of this shit coming. And honestly, it was pretty spicy, too. It was. The smut was absolutely on point. But it was crazy. God, that was a wild ride. Lots of discussion of suicide, so just be aware for that. Next up, we have Eyes on Me by Sarah Kate. Now, we're really turning into huge Sarah Kate fans here because this salacious player's salacious players club series that she has been just like knocking out of the park first of all the rate at which she's publishing these books is very impressive Mm -hmm. but secondly like i love the concept i love all of the pairings that she's developing and each of them i feel like has just gotten better and better So we are looking at Eyes on Me, which is the second book in the Salacious Players Club series. Both book one and book two are age gap, but we liked this story better, so (laughs) we decided to focus on this. Um, This story focuses on Garrett, who is 36, and his stepsister, who is 23. Uh, Garrett and Mia had kind of a contentious relationship where they have been known to constantly like snip at each other and kind of be awful to one another. Um, and Garrett kind of really views her as like the kid's sister until he stumbles across her on a cam girl website and his perspective on Mia completely shifts. So... Keep in mind, they never lived together. Garrett was a full-fledged adult uh, when Mia lived with his family. Um, And Garrett has been struggling with a lot of mental health issues for a long time. Um, And a big part of why he doesn't want to pursue anything with Mia is um, that he thinks that it would be a negative experience for her. Um, He doesn't think that he's capable of really holding a relationship and it not going bad. He has a lot of uh, issues when it comes to intimacy. Um, He is a voyeur. He likes to watch, and that's pretty much it. Um, One of the biggest hang-ups I had was the fact that he had not had sex in 10 years, which at 36, I, I, I just found that hard to believe. Um, and then you have Mia who is camming at 23 and is a virgin. Yep. I want lots of sexual repression happening here. Yeah. And I won't lie. Mia annoyed me at first, but she really grew on me. Um, and Garrett's choices did not always make sense to me. He was making a lot of bad decisions. I mean, he kept, he, he kind of created two personas for himself He had the taboo stepbrother sexual connection with Mia, and then he also kept going onto the cam website as this alternate personality um, and talking to her on a base level in an actual, like, healthy way. Um, And I really don't know how Mia didn't guess 
earlier on that they were the same person. Yeah, I didn't really understand why he kept that up for as long as he did either, especially once they started hooking up. I was just kind of like, okay, uh, when are you going to reveal this? And then he just kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off until it just kind of, you know, blew up in his face a little bit. Um, Like Sarah said, though, I did really like the way that they um, pictured Garrett's depression and talked about his struggles with his mental health and how his depression has really um, impacted his day-to-day life. I felt like that was really well done, and I appreciated um, that, like, the realness of it and the integrity in which it was. (laughs) I will say that I think in reality, a family wouldn't be as chill with it as his mom and stepdad were. Um, But I thought that they handled it pretty well. I mean, they were kind of like, I've seen the looks that you've been giving her, and when you guys talk about these different things, it's obvious that you guys are together. And uh, Mia was, uh, I would say she's more midsize. Yeah. All right. (laughs) We have the first one on our list that was really difficult for me at points to get through, which is Don't Kiss the Bride by Carrie and Cole. Uh, I know Sarah loved this one, so I'm going to let Sarah give the overview, and then I'll chime in with some of my thoughts. Yes. So you have your female main character she is doing a second year in senior uh high uh because she missed so much school because she's chronically ill um and you learn more about that her mom is basically a hoarder the house is disgusting uh she has to physically lock and block her bedroom door uh and she comes in and out of her house through the window Um, so she's basically been living in poverty for a really long time, um, and has developed uh, an eating disorder. Can you remember the name of it, Sam? Uh, It's, it's basically like an avoidant disorder, um, where there are foods that she has trauma triggers for, um, and there are foods that just in general don't feel safe to her because of traumatic past experiences, so she she's not like anorexic or bulimic. She has like it's a very specific type of eating disorder where there is trauma related to food so that you're avoiding large amounts of food, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. And a lot of it comes from having digested stale or bad food or choking on food Um Anyway, she's kind of a loner. She's a little bit different, kind of like punk rock. Um, And there is a guy. He owns a home building company, and he keeps noticing her. Uh, And the one day she passes out uh, in front of her car, and he takes her home. And once he figures out the way that she's living, he's like, I need to do something about this. I can't let you continue to live like this. And she is 18, and he's like, well, if I marry you, you can have my health insurance until you get better, and then we can get divorced. As long as all of my assets are mine, you can't take anything, but I want you to get better. Her mom doesn't even give a shit, which was really sad. Honestly, the whole situation with her mom and her dad was terrible. Um, Yeah. Her mom just buys stuff on QVC, lives in filth, and really doesn't care about her daughter. Her dad left... And never really gave a shit about her. And now that she's kind of grown and doesn't need real care is when he kind of steps in, which just rubbed me the wrong way. Oh, I was so mad at him. Yeah. But 
there's all of this conflict of the age gap. He is 36 and she's 18. And I honestly, I do feel like in the beginning he had the right intentions and he was trying to stay away, um, but they're kind of just drawn together. Uh, He has a lot of issues with the age gap and continually tries to push her away, um, but they keep coming back together. Um, I do think in a lot of ways he helped her become who she is, but Sam has a note on here that she wishes she would have gone away and lived her life for herself a little bit um, before they finally ended up together, and I do agree. I think that that would have been better for her. Yeah, so... I think I struggled with this one so much because our male main character was struggling with it so much. Like, he goes back and forth so often about how he feels about this, how he doesn't want to be a predator, how uh, he feels like he's taking advantage of her. And he's so conflicted the whole time, which made me feel more conflicted as the reader. And then on top of that, she's so young, and I feel like she's even less mature because of how much life she hasn't lived. Like, she has been so restricted with her experiences because of her mom being a hoarder, because of her eating disorder, because of her mental health struggles. Like, she's really restricted herself. So I wanted to see her live more. I wanted to see her, like, get out. Like, she talked about buying an RV and going on a trip around the country with her cat. Like, I wanted to see her do that. And... I was sad when, like, I feel like the perfect way to end this would have been she goes off in her RV for, like, two years and really, like, explores and finds herself and has so many more life experiences and continues to learn and grow, and then she comes back to him. And it's like, I still choose you even after this time. I feel like that would have been so much better for me as the reader because I there were many times when I was like she feels so young because she is she's 18 and he's 36 yeah and it, it was there was a lot of times when I'm like gosh I wish she was just a little older <laughs> you know it's kind of funny because honestly him being so conflicted was one of the reasons why I liked the book so much um because it made him seem like a normal person, that he wasn't trying to abuse his age or his authority over her, um, and how he was telling her, you know, even if you don't want to be with me, we can stay married. Like, you can keep this health insurance. If you need somewhere to live, I'll figure it out. I'll figure out a way to stay away from you. Um, I do think he was a really genuinely nice guy. I also think Carrie and Cole does a really good job of making her dual POVs have very distinct voices, which I think is really difficult for authors to do sometimes, especially when you have um, a male and female point of view. Sometimes it really gets like muddled together and it's difficult to tell who's speaking, but their voices were very distinct. Their inner monologues were very distinct. And I really appreciated that as a reader that I could see like how much effort she put into really developing these characters. And I will mention another book that she's written that is also an age gap and is maybe even a little bit more taboo than this. And that is Torn. Um, And that is a best friend's dad who has known her from birth. Oh, 
That one, <laughs> I was so into it, though. I can't even <laughs> deny it. <laughs> like, like, her dad and mom had her when they were 15. Um, oh. And so it's kind of like, and they've always been in each, it's a lot. Like, they were always in each other's lives. He took care of her a lot. Um, and it was pretty much like, once she turned 18, this f- flip switched and shit just went off the rails. But what I did really like was how upset her family was. Like, they were beyond mad and cut him off immediately, um, which I think is realistic. Like, when you find out your daughter's with your best friend who has known you your whole life and has been pivotable, <laughs> pivotable, I can't say it. <laughs> pivotal yes in you becoming who you are as a person um and i read the one after that which i believe is tied um and that's the guy's brother and he finds a girl who was kidnapped and kept underground for years um that one is also a big age gap um and it's very, very low smut. But honestly, that romance was very good because they were both really damaged people. I mean, no offense, but there's only a certain level of normalcy you can reach when you've been abused and underground by someone for mm. a decade. Um, and her family didn't understand her and they put her in a home um, and... They reconnect later, him having been the one that saves her, and he just, like, is a recluse who lives by himself because everyone thought he murdered someone when he didn't, and it's very sweet, honestly. I mean, that one's, like, not as taboo as these other ones, but, yeah, Torn is definitely taboo. (laughs) Speaking of taboo, (laughs) these are last two books. My goodness. First one we're going to talk about is Love Unexpected by QB Tyler. Oh my goodness. This book, Sarah read this book first and then told me that she was so conflicted reading it because the smut was so hot, but she felt so wrong. And then I had to read it too because I also had to experience this and I could not agree with her more. Like, and the thing is, it's the taboo-ness of it that makes it extra hot and you're like, what the fuck is wrong with me? (laughs) So, bare bones plot, her mom dies, our female main character's mom died, and her and her stepfather start to realize that there's a connection between Hold them. Hold up. Pause. He is also her principal. Yes, that. He's actually known her since she was in elementary school. Um, was he her teacher first and then he became the principal? Yes, and she kind of states, like, as soon as she saw him... He was hers, Um, and she was very upset when he started dating her mother uh, because she always felt like he was hers, and that's kind of where, before her mom dies, they have a very tumultuous relationship. Yeah, her and her stepfather have a tumultuous relationship. She was very close with her mom, and her mom dies. Her and her stepfather go on vacation together, and they finally give in to 
this like building tension that has been brewing between them and my god the smuttonness was excellent but huh i was so conflicted the whole time (laughs) i believe sarah said at one point in us discussing this that it was they might as well have been fucking on her mom's grave (laughs) yo they didn't even wait for her bottle body to get cold like they were just like like that was the main thing that was hard to believe it didn't feel like any of them were really really grieving um and everybody grieves differently but it kind of changed gears it was like my mom is so important to me but it didn't feel that way after she died i agree it really was like there was like a small grieving period and then it was like all right pieces mom we're gonna go bang now (laughs) we're gonna wear a thong bikini and i'm gonna tell you to lather up my tits with some sunscreen and i'm gonna make my stepdaddy fuck the shit out of me for a weekend and then her grandparents were just cool with it which was so hard for me to believe i forget they didn't did they move somewhere after yeah i think they. i mean you have to when you're somebody's principal and stepdad and then you wind up together, like, you cannot stay in that town. I could not wrap my head around her grandparents being like, all right, that's fine. And I will say, he was younger by a significant amount to her mother. So, like, the mother and him had an age gap, too. So, he wasn't the same age as her mom. He was a little bit younger. But, I mean, like, still too old for her. <laughs> but My God. And he all was right. possessive, too. He was. And speaking of possessive, (laughs) the last book on our list, and the one that I really had to set my morals to the side for, Welcome to the Dark Side by Gianna Darling. This fucking age gap. We were describing this book to Sarah's sister when I was over at her parents' house the other week, and... The look on your sister's face when you gave her, like, a brief synopsis of this book was hilarious. Ugh. All right. So, this is the Fallen Men series. Every single one of these books has an age gap, mind you. The first one is an older woman with Zeus's son, who is... uh, (laughs) Her te- he, she is his teacher. I know Sam had to put her morals aside for that one. And then Ugh. this one was even further. So, <laughs> Zeus is the MC club president. He's 36. And the relationship is with Lou, who is 17. And I will say that this is set in Canada. And the age of consent is 16. But again... You have to think about the mental of where you are in your life. But that's not even the worst part of it. The age gap. No. Isn't, it's not. It's not the worst it's part. It's really not. So she's like full blown in high school and has like a lot of drama in her life. She's a cancer survivor. Her home situation is really twisted and fucked up. Um, and uh, very religious too. Um, and they're just like really stuck up people. So it all starts when Lou is a little girl. And Zeus saves her from getting shot in the crosshairs between between two MC rivals. In the process, he gets sent to jail. And throughout this book, you get their letters to each other. As she's a little girl and he's a grown-ass man. 
And as she grows up, and, like, even in his inner monologue, he's kind of like, yo, this is fucked up. Like, I should stop writing her. But he doesn't. He literally, he ultimately stops writing her when she's, like, I want to say, like, 14. Mm -hmm. Around there. Because he's like, this is getting weird now. I have to stop. But it's like, my guy, (laughs) this went on for so long. And, uh, so then... He's out of jail. She's 17. It all kind of starts when she goes to this party. She's a virgin, gets way too drunk. This guy is really sketchy. He puts her on his bike and he's like, yo, you need to stop doing this shit. And you know what? I'll give Zeus credit because he did try to stay away after that. But Lou was like, no. You're going to be my daddy, Zeus, and we're going to make this happen (laughs) while all of you and your crew are sitting at the strip club. I'm going to get my 17-year-old ass up on that pole and put on a show and force your hand. And I'm not going to lie. Zeus does it for me. Like, (laughs) the things this man says in his accent and the way he talks to her and how possessive he is of her, it's a lot. There is one scene that everyone talks about where he she is in her cheerleading uniform. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he fucks her and then makes her go out and break up with her boyfriend with his cum running down her thigh. Listen, that scene had no right. No, like, you're like, oh man, this is so wrong. But you're like, Good lord. Because, like, first of all, they shouldn't be together. Her family doesn't want them together. The age gap. All of the issues she has in her life. And the prospect of getting caught in the school. It was too much. Mm. And they fuck on a motorcycle at some point, too. Which, I mean, that's just impressive balance. That is. And he's he is hot. I mean, all of the guys in this series are hot. Um, But they're all age gaps. They're all intense i i really enjoy this series um i think the next one is coming out sometime soon um but daddy zeus is a lot and i will say like lou at points read young but at other points did not at all um but i will say the biggest thing that she did that i showed her age is when she relapsed with cancer and didn't tell him Yeah, I agree. There was also a lot of really sweet moments with them. Like when him and the whole uh, MC shaved their heads for her when she relapsed. Mm -hmm. Like that made me cry. And like after his kids realized that this is real, like he's claiming her as his woman, like she became their family. You know what I mean? They all accepted her right away. Um and I just, I love Zeus's relationship with his kids, too. Like, it was never, a, like, choosing a woman over your kid type thing, which I feel like happens mm-hmm. a lot in some of these age gaps. Um, and it wasn't like that at all. So moral of the story is that age gap is excellent. Just place your morals on the countertop. You'll pick them back up when you're done reading. 
just allow yourself to enjoy it because it's fiction and we don't need to bring our real world morals into the fiction space all the time. Yeah. And I mean, I would say like a lot of what I read is age gap, but some of it just isn't as big. So it's not as noticeable. Um, You know what I mean? I feel like you'll read a lot of early 30s, early 20s, and it just doesn't read as an age gap. So you're really just not as concerned by it. Yeah, if I'm reading, like, a 24-year-old dating, like, a 36-year-old, I'm not considering that an age gap. Yeah, because, I mean, like, I write a lot of Omegaverse, and a lot of Omegas go into heat, like, in their early 20s, so it's, like, a lot of young Omegas and older Alphas. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so what have we been reading recently? First of all, I want to wish a big congratulations to Sarah on the release of Protector's Promise last week. Thank you so Uh, much. As always, I'm so proud of you for all of the work you're putting in as an author. What can we expect from you next, Miss Sarah Blue? Two main things. I have Charming Your Dad, uh, which is my first paranormal uh, coming out at the end of September. <laughs> it's an age gap. Who would have thought? But she is in her <laughs> o- o- older uh, 20s. Um, and I mean, he's like a really, really old demon, but he's got JDM energy. Um I'm loving writing that. She's a total bitch, uh, which I don't see feel like you see a lot. You know what I mean? Uh, a lot of the mm-hmm. female characters are kind and sweet. She is not that. Um, and then probably what's going to be the last Heat Haven book, which is too tempting. Um, and that's my first Omegaverse that's going to have a sapphic romance in it. And I am loving writing that. I'm so excited. I cannot even explain to you guys how excited I am for Charming Your Dad. Like Sarah has been telling me about this book for what feels like a year now. She has been so excited about writing this book and I'm so ready for it. I know. I have to have Sam check check all my magic, all my world building to make sure it all makes sense. So if the magic system is bad, you guys can just blame me. Yeah. It's not on Sarah. It's not on me. <laughs> So what have we been reading? Uh, I recently read Wild Game by friend of the podcast, Colette Rhodes, which was amazing. It was the next book in the State of Grace series. Probably my favorite book of the series so far. I was messaging with Colette to talk to her about it, and I had to tell her, like, the pacing on this book was perfect. It was everything I needed. Just constant action. The story moves along so much. And there's quite a few smut scenes, which is just everything I needed. Um, I also read two books from the ISS series by M. Sinclair, which is a monster reverse harem with nightmare creatures, which is really good. And speaking of monster reverse harem, I also read The Company of Fiends by Catherine Moon, which was so good. Oh, I love Catherine Moon so much. Uh, coming up, I think I'm going to jump into the Dramione fanfiction Measure of a Man, which is a hell of a commitment, but I think I'm ready. I think I'm going to do it. The amount of Dramione fanfic when you could stack Bibles to measure <laughs> the fanfic, it would be a lot. You're filling pews with that. That's what should be in the back of pews and churches, not actual Bibles, Dramione <laughs> fan fiction. So this is going to come to it as a huge shock to everyone. I have been reading the Lords of Pain. Is it Forsyth? For, I say Forsyth. Yeah. Forsyth University series. Um, we are planning on wrapping up that series and you guys have not gotten my opinion on it. So I'm going to leave it vague. 
I'm not going to tell you how I feel. Uh, <laughs> but I am reading the last one right now. Um, I have not had a lot of time for reading lately. Life has been really busy. Um, besides that, I've just been doing a lot of writing and beta reading for some new friends. Um, but I really want to read The Wild Game and uh, The Company of Fiends, which I'm really embarrassed to say that I thought it was The Company of Friends for, like, the longest time. <laughs> so I was like, oh, it says fiends, not friends. But Company of Friends, just a couple of friends. Just a couple of friends hanging out, putting on shows. Um, I'm really excited to read that. K-Moon just doesn't miss. Colette doesn't miss. Um, and I've really enjoyed that series. I just really need the time to do it. And, um, Give Me More by Sarah Kate. I still haven't read that either. And that's very high on my list as well. Just all in all, so many good books releasing this summer. All right. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Spunt and Spice. Please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We would love you forever if you did. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Spunt and Spice Pod. We also now have a Facebook page for the Spunt and Spice Podcast. So if you're on Facebook, we would love it if you could give us a like there as well. The intro and outro music featured on Smut and Spice is District 4 by Kevin McLeod. The link and licensing information can be found in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening.